Hello, this is Brother Jim Ellis. I want to welcome you to our podcast, and I want to thank you in advance for listening to this particular message. If you're not certain of your eternal destiny, the information in this message may well be the most important information of your entire life. If you have listened to our study concerning the wisdom of the world versus the wisdom of God, you know that the Bible teaches us that we are far more than a body with a brain and that our entire being will return to dust. You know that a body, that we are a body with a brain, a soul which gives us our consciousness, and a spirit which has the ability to know God and fellowship with Him. Death does not end us. We will live somewhere for eternity. We had a beginning but we will not have an ending. A man came to the Lord Jesus Christ and he asked in the book of Matthew chapter 19, and behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? This man was obviously concerned about his eternal future after his life here on earth had ended. He knew our lives compared to eternity are but a speck in time. We are here for a brief moment, and then we are gone. But physical death is not the end of us. We will all live somewhere out in eternity. The story in the book of Matthew did not have a happy ending. It is said this man turned and walked away from the only one who could ensure him eternal life, which would culminate in glory. He was face to face with the only one who could give him life, and in fact, the only one who is life. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 4 says, When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. John twenty-one thirty says, And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. John 14, 6 says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. In the beginning was the Word, John 1, 1 says. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, that is, the Lord Jesus. And the life was the light of men. This man called Jesus good master. As if Jesus was just one more mere man from whom he could gain some advice. But Jesus Christ is far more than that. He is life personified and our only source of eternal life. In him, we all can have eternal life and share in his glory that is his and his alone to share. I want to talk to you some in this message about what the Bible has to say concerning eternal life. There was a man in the Bible who came to the Apostle Paul and he asked him, what must I do to be saved? Now, what does that mean? What is salvation? When a person is referred to as being a saved man or woman, just what does that really mean? 
The term salvation in the Bible is a general term used of a man or a woman, a boy or a girl, who have turned from their sin and received the eternal life that is in Jesus Christ. They have received the forgiveness of sin and been declared righteous before God. Eternal life is that life we will enjoy when we leave this life at the time of death and enter into heaven's glory for all time and eternity. Saved men and women are those who have received God's free gift of eternal life as a one-time gift from God. We will all spend eternity somewhere. A person who has eternal life will go to heaven when they die and enjoy all the splendor and love and life and goodness and joy that God has for them there. Heaven is a place where we will never feel pain or sorrow. There will never be anything but love and joy and peace and contentment in the Lord Jesus Christ in God's heaven. The pains and sorrow of this world will not even be a memory. Heaven is a place where God says he will wipe away all tears from our eyes. Heaven is the eternal abode of God. Those of us who are saved will live there with him for all of eternity. Unfortunately, the other side of eternal life is eternal death. Eternal death is a term which describes a person who is unsaved and who, when they die, their fate is just the opposite of those who leave this life as saved people. The most loving person to ever walk this earth, the Lord Jesus Christ, spoke more about a place that would be the eternal home of all the unsaved of the ages. He spoke of this place more than any other person in the Bible. It is a place of eternal darkness and torment and pain and isolation where those who die and are cast into this place will be totally isolated from all love and light and joy and happiness. Jesus described this place as a place of eternal fire where those who leave this life unsaved will be punished and tormented by an eternal fire. Jesus Christ called this place hell. My hope and prayer is that you'll take and stay with us for the next few minutes and learn what the Bible, God's holy word, has to say about how you can escape this place of eternal damnation and have eternal life right here, right now, and be able to spend eternity in heaven when this life is ended. Yes, it is possible to know beyond a doubt that one has eternal life right now in this life. John the Apostle said, These things have been written unto you that you may know that you have eternal life. Heaven and hell are real places. They are not made of figments of someone's imagination or a mere fairy tale. We all will spend eternity in one place or the other. I ask you to please continue with this and allow me to explain how you can have eternal life in Jesus Christ and how you can know that you have eternal life. There are a few things that one must understand and know in order to have this eternal life. The first thing that we must know is that we are all sinners. Romans 3.10 says, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. My friend, you may, from a human standpoint, consider yourself to be a good person and Perhaps from that human standpoint, you are a good person. 
But the Bible teaches that no matter how good a life we have tried to live, we are all sinners. We were born with a sinful nature and all have sinned as a result of that sin nature. Romans 5.12 says, Wherefore, as by one man's sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. 1 Corinthians 15.21 says, For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For in Adam all die. Even so in Christ shall all be made alive. God at the beginning created man in his own image, but he gave him a free will in Genesis 3. Adam, the first man, disobeyed God and chose sin. And when he chose to sin against God, he chose the consequences of sin. That consequence was death, physical death. And then after the physical death comes spiritual death. Some might ask if God is a loving God, then why is there so much pain and sorrow in this world? Simply put, When mankind chose sin over the will of God, he chose the consequences of sin. Disobedience to God is now, always has been, and always will be an extremely serious matter. With sin came death and pain and sorrow, and all the tragic circumstances of life that always follows disobedience to God. Evil entered this world and into the life of every soul born in this world because of sin. Romans 6, 23 says, The wages of sin is death. As I've already said, this death is a twofold death, a physical death and a spiritual death. Now, what is a wage that Romans 6, 23 talks about? Well, a wage is something one gets for doing something. It is what a person is owed as a result of his labor. In this case, it is what we owe God as a result of our labor in sin. We have a debt before God, and unless that debt is paid before we leave this life, then we will pay that debt with our souls in eternal damnation. Sin and sinning is not free. We have offended a holy God by our sin, and we have a tremendous debt to pay. Now it is such a huge debt that no one in this body of flesh could ever begin to pay that debt. No one could ever be good enough or do a good, enough good deeds, or give enough money to charity, or to ever begin to repay that debt to God. And every day we live on this earth, that debt just piles up higher and higher. You may be religious, and maybe even a faithful church member, but religion is powerless to save and forgive sin. It makes no matter how good a person you consider yourself to be by man's standards, or maybe how religious you are. My friend, you can be the best church member on this earth and still die and go to eternal torment. Salvation is not in good works or it's not in church membership. It's not in baptism and it's not in doing religious deeds or giving money. None of these things could ever begin to repay our debt to God. The wage of our sin is an eternity spent in darkness and isolation and and torment separated from God forever. I've often heard people say, well, if I go to hell, at least I'll have plenty of company there because all my friends are going to be there. My friend, imagine yourself in a large large auditorium with perhaps thousands of other people. 
when suddenly someone yells, fire, fire, you jump to your feet and try to escape the smoke and the flames of that fire. But when you get to the exits, you find that they're all blocked. As you look out around for a path to escape and you see and hear others screaming at the top of their voices as they are consumed by the flames of that fire. And then you look down at your feet and the flames are now coming up your legs and soon consuming your entire body. And the pain and agony of those flames become unbearable. Let me ask you a simple question. Would it be any consolation to you that thousands of thousands and thousands of others in that auditorium were suffering the same fate as you? Well, of course not. The answer to that is definitely no. Yes, there will be untold numbers of people in hell, but you'll never see them or you'll never know them. There's no fellowship in hell. There are no relationships in hell. There's no love or light, just total darkness and isolation. Oh, you may hear some of the screams of others in their torment, but you'll never be able to gaze through that ink black darkness and see them. You'll, you will forever be alone and isolated in eternal torment. But the good news is you don't have to face that prospect out in eternity. And thanks to the God of heaven, no one has to. Neither do we have to try and repay that debt on our own. That debt that we owe God has already been paid by the Lord Jesus Christ if we will receive it. Romans 5, 8 said, But God commended His love towards us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. First Peter 2.24 said, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. Second Corinthians 5.21 says, For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Jesus Christ came to this earth was born of a virgin, and lived a sinless life. He is and was the only person born who was capable of doing that. He was rejected of men and crucified on Calvary's cross. And while he was up there dying on that cross, he was in fact being made an eternal sacrifice for our sins. He paid for our sins. He paid our sin debt to God for us. He took our place of death and torment so that we would not have to. Jesus Christ did not leave heaven and come to show us how to live. Salvation is not in trying to follow him and live a good life. Eternal salvation is found in only one place, one act of eternal love and goodness, the death of Jesus Christ as our substitute on the cross. He took into his physical body all the wrath of God and all the sins of mankind so that we would not have to. My friend, no one, no one has to die and go to hell. Jesus Christ has made it possible for everyone to be forgiven of all sin and have eternal life. We read in the first part of Romans 6.20, or read in the first part of Romans 6.23, that the wages of sin is death. 
But the last part of that verse gives us the good news. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For by grace are you saved, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We are saved by faith. And faith is simply believing God and what he has revealed to us in the Bible. Faith is believing what God has said. It's not in feelings or it's not in the things we can see or touch. Faith is belief and trust in the things that God has said to us is absolutely true. Salvation, eternal life can never be earned or worked for. It has already been paid for by the blood and sacrifice of Jesus Christ and it is a free gift from God to you if you will simply receive it. Titus 3, 5 says, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing and regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Suppose for a moment that I bought and paid for a gift for you. And I came and I offered you that free gift completely free of charge, with no strings attached. It was yours. But you refused my offer, and you rejected my free gift. That free gift would never be yours until you actually accepted and received it from me. My friend, that is what God is giving you an opportunity to do right now. Receive his free gift of eternal life in Jesus Christ with no strings attached. God has given every person a right of choice. We can receive his offer of salvation in the person of Jesus Christ or we can reject it. It is our choice to make. We all have a promise from God that whosoever shall call will be saved. Salvation is not based in or on our feelings or something we can see, but based on the integrity and promises of God. Paul said in the book of Titus, Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. If we will receive this free gift of eternal life. He has promised we will be and are eternally saved. You may not have any special feelings or see lightning flash across the sky, but you do have the solemn promise and integrity of God, of a holy God, that he will hear your prayer and will save you right here and right now. Let me urge you right this minute to receive this free gift. If you've been trusting in your own personal goodness or your religion or your church membership or any other thing besides the finished work of Jesus Christ and his payment for your sin, then please accept him and his payment of your sin debt right now. Let me ask you this. Do you believe that Jesus Christ was born and died on the cross for your sins and that he was buried and rose from the dead and is now alive in heaven making this offer of eternal salvation to you right now. Not only to you, but to everyone and anyone who would receive it. If so, then tell God that very thing right now. 
Ask him to forgive you of your sin and tell him you believe Jesus Christ died to pay for your sins and that he was resurrected from the dead. The words are not so much important. God knows your heart. But if you're as best you can, tell him those very things. Tell him that right now you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior and his sin payment for your sin. If you will but do this simple thing, the God who cannot lie has promised that you will be eternally saved and be among those who possess God's eternal life. If you will but confess to God the simple truth, then there is nothing else left for you to do. You will at that time have God's eternal salvation. If you've confessed to God the Father the things concerning the Lord Jesus Christ, then you have done what Paul said in that verse we read a minute ago. You have acknowledged the truth of God from his word. You are right now from the promises of the God who cannot lie, a saved child of God, who has the eternal life of God right now. By the way, when that man asked Paul, what must I do to be saved? Paul answered, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shall be saved. God bless you. If you're not saved and not sure of your salvation, I plead with you, I beseech you to trust the Lord Jesus Christ for forgiveness and your final payment of your sin debt to God. God bless you. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God be with you.